Welcome to Can We Talk? Taxes, Trustees, and Entrepreneurs. Certified Public Accountant Carol Felsing shares her years of expertise with you to help you make the best financial decisions possible. She founded Felsing LLC in 2013 after years of experience working in national, regional, and local firms. And now, here's your host, Deborah Hendrickson, and of course, Carol Felsing. Our topic today is, how does an individual get ready for tax season? Welcome, Carol. Hello. So, how do I get ready as an individual for tax season? Number one, be organized. Number two, review your prior year return. Number three, gather important documents all in the same place. Number four, answer the questions from the CPA-provided organizer or in that tax preparation software you're using. And number five, stay up to date on news from the IRS. What methods have you found work well for helping individuals get organized? Well, first, procrastination doesn't work. You still have got to get the information together, and you're probably going to miss something. So what about if you create a folder either on your computer or at home in a manila folder if you're still using paper, and every time a tax document comes, you scan it and put it in that folder on your computer or download it there, or you print it out and put it in that manila folder. That way you have all the documents you need in one place and aren't going all over the place to find them. If you keep a checkbook, highlight as you go through the year and highlight those items that are going to be pertinent to your tax returns. And that way, all you have to go back and look at is those highlighted items. But what if you're banking strictly online, which a lot of us do now? You can download all those transactions to an Excel spreadsheet and just review it and highlight the items. Or your credit cards will do the same thing. They will give you a year-end statement that shows what all your expenses were used. So take a look at that so you don't miss something. So I'm a procrastinator, especially when it comes to doing taxes every year. So You're not alone. You're <laughs> not, not alone. <laughs> it's the documents. I never know what I need to, to find and make sure I have everything I need. So help us understand what those documents are that need to be gathered. Well, they're the typical W-2s and 1099s for interest and dividends or 1099s if you're doing some subcontract work or the 1099-R if you have retirement plan. But this is where reviewing your prior year return will come in handy. If you'll go down that prior year return and see all the items that you reported last year, chances are you're going to report it this year and you know to be looking for that item. But items we frequently see that are omitted are basis on the sale of stock or those type of items because the brokerage firm may or may not have what you originally paid for it. And if you don't have the basis on the stock, you're going to pay too much in capital gains. Distributions from health savings accounts. While, yes, those distributions aren't taxable if you have qualifying expenses, you still need to report it and tell the IRS you did. Same thing for 529 plans. If you have qualifying education expenses, not taxable, but you have to report it. How about that Social Security number for that brand new baby you had? Any dependent has to have a Social Security number to be able to file. Health insurance for self-employed people, often they think that it's health insurance, I have to itemize, I'm not going to get it. Well, not so for a self-employed person. You actually get that deduction without having to itemize. This year, a different one's going to be their COVID checks. A lot of you received the COVID checks, the stimulus checks, earlier in the year. So what's going to happen on that tax return, it's going to ask you, did you receive a check? And if you didn't, it's going to give you an additional refund for that amount of money. So if you didn't report that you received it and you get that additional refund that you're not entitled to, you're going to get a nasty gram from IRS. So make sure you know what stimulus checks you got and make sure your CPA knows that as well. And unemployment benefits. Unfortunately, you may have lost your job and you qualified for unemployment benefits. The problem is a lot of the unemployment benefits don't take income tax withholding out on it, and it is subject to income tax. So you may be underwithheld. So make sure you know that it's taxable and you account for getting withholding on that. 
What about items needed related to deductions? There still are some deductions they will get even if they don't itemize, and you want to make sure you don't overlook them. Expenses for child care. That can result in a credit of over $1,000. Expenses to incur certain energy-efficient items, such as solar and air conditioning units. Congress just passed where charitable contributions up to $300 can be deductible even if you don't itemize. And next year, there's going to increase that to $600. So you say these are new items. How does someone find out about those? You can read items. You could read blogs. You can listen to podcasts such as this one's. You can search the internet. But often, if you'll answer those dreaded questions on the organizer your CPA gives you or the questions in your at-home tax software you're using, they will help clue you in on some of those new deductions and credits that you might be entitled to. And for those of you that are still going to itemize, you'll need to have documentation for medical expenses and health insurance, for your mortgage interest for both your primary residence and your secondary residence. And a key note on your secondary residence, that could be an RV or a boat. It doesn't have to be brick and mortar house. And investment interest. And then receipts for charitable contributions. Keep in mind that any deduction over $250 must be substantiated with a written acknowledgement from the charity. And then copies of paid tax receipt bills. So good. It's time for me to go get that RV that I've been wanting. I can travel now safely. I won't have to be worried about COVID, right? Absolutely. Okay, good. So the IP PIN number, that's a new term to me. What is that? If you've been a victim of identity theft or you're concerned about identity theft, you could apply with the IRS to get an identity protection PIN. What that PIN does, it says, I can't file my return without having that PIN on my tax return. And that PIN changes every year. So every year you will get in the mail your new IP PIN number. So what that does is that prevents anyone else from filing a return with your social security number and getting your refund. Because keep in mind, the W-2s aren't due into the IRS until the end of February. So someone could get, because remember, IRS is now beginning the middle of this month, they can start taking 1040s electronically. So someone can sit there and file returns online and getting all these refunds, and the IRS has no way to track the withholding back and forth. So that's a big area for fraud. So we encourage a lot of our clients to get those IP pins. And those are new numbers every year. It's a new number every year. While most tax planning for individuals is done prior to year end, are there any steps that could be taken after December 31st? You can contribute to an IRA that's tax deductible. That would be a $6,000 contribution and could be $7,000 if you want to make a makeup contribution and you're over 50 years old. If you're self-employed, you might be able to set up a self-employed pension plan, what they call a SEP, and you can contribute as much to $57,000 and get a write-off for that amount if your income substantiates it. And then health savings accounts, which have a maximum contribution limit of $3,550 for individual and $7,100 for families. So what if someone just can't get organized and file on time, or they're missing those K-1s from partnership and businesses they're associated with? I know my K-1s always come in late. You can file an extension for time to file, which means that you have until October 15th to file that return. But a huge misconception is that an extension of time to file is an extension of time to pay. And it's not that. So if you owe any taxes, you have to submit that with your extension. The extension can be done electronically, or you can paper file it in, just like your taxes can be remitted electronically, or you can send a paper check in. Just know that if you wait to file the taxes with your return that's extended, there will be interest and penalties due at that time. 
the IRS will make some payment plans available to you if you can't if you just don't have the money to file. However, that can't be done until after you file the actual return. But the IRS will work with me if I'm late. They should work with you. Right now, they've really been overloaded with stuff, but they should work with you. Okay. So to recap our discussion today, please share with our listeners those tips that an individual needs to do to get ready for tax season. Number one, be organized. Number two, review your 2019 tax return and use it as a guide. Number three, gather important tax documents all in the same place. Number four, answer the questions on the CPA provider organizer or in the tax preparation software. And number five, stay up to news from the IRS. Thanks for listening, and join us next time as we continue our conversation with Carol Felsing, partner with Felsing LLC. You've been listening to Can We Talk? Taxes, Trustees, and Entrepreneurs. Please rate us wherever you listen to podcasts, connect with us on social, and submit any tax-related questions to info at felsingcpa.com.